Welcome to the second season of the Make the Future podcast. I'm your host, Jacques Beauvais, Dean of the Faculty of Engineering at the University of Ottawa. Join us as we have conversations with different thought leaders about current issues facing the engineering industry. Let's explore the future of technology and innovation and how, through creativity and collaboration, we can make the future. They say the future is coming, but that's not true. The future is already here. And it's relentless. It's not going to wait for you to catch up. How will we live in this future? How will we make sense of it? To define our course, we need a new perspective. One that engages our curiosity, that activates our imagination, one that defies the conventional. To own the future, we need to do more than just see it. We need to make it. As the University of Ottawa and the Faculty of Engineering are ramping up our presence and our activities in the Canada North Technology Park, I really wanted to have some conversations with thought leaders from the Technology Park to try to understand a little bit more about the history of Canada North and then what are the current issues facing the technology industry today. Our first market is professional sport and um, that's a major concern for them. Is my key players, their brain data is on the cloud, especially with all the legal pressure around how they're managing concussions right now. Um, but I think like any innovative tech, there's the good and the evil mm-hmm. <laughs> component. Yeah, I agree. It's just you have the potential to be really evil. We do. <laughs> Not yeah. you. But I'm, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But I mean, because I guess that a few years down the road, we could potentially imagine those algorithms being able to, to, to do even more in terms of interpreting oh, the data. Absolutely. The yeah, so there's technology that's not similar to, to what we're doing. It's um, functional MRIs, but they're starting to recreate um, thoughts mm-hmm. and words. And, and even the technology that we use, um, it's used a little bit in autonomous driving right now um, to stop a car from driving when the person's not focusing on the road. Mm. Um, so the, the capacity for the technology is massive. This is kind of just the starting point. How far into the future are you trying to analyze the needs in the market, John? I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, automotive programs are fairly slow and they're long. Uh, we're, I would say that a line of sight is probably three years. Okay. So what we're, what we're typically looking for is where is the hardware going? Mm-hmm. Where is the sensor technology going? Uh, as you know, in the, in the computer world, the, the power of the chips are increasing very rapidly. And the way they tend to do that is in more parallelism, more, more cores that can do more things in parallel. So we're always looking, trying to keep one step ahead. Uh, we're in a fairly competitive market. We're very dominant, so we have a lot of people nipping at our heels. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking to stay ahead. One of the things that we're focusing on more and more is, again, the emphasis on safety and security. Mm-hmm. So, you know, instead of having a portion of our software certified functionally safe, we keep expanding and moving up the stack so that our customers can move faster into the products that they're trying to build. How, how's the balance now? I mean. 
is the are there still issues with the, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to get you to say something to say that the security is not there but how do you feel that we're moving are we like is security being reinforced dramatically? oh yeah yeah so little story in I was at CES you know the consumer electronics yeah. show in Las Vegas in 2014 prior to that everything in the car was about how does it compare to my smartphone mm. I want stuff in the car that looks like an iPhone or looks like an Android phone. 2014 autonomous drive was the new hot thing at CES and just for reference CES uh, is the biggest electronic automotive show in the world. Mm -hmm. Some people might not know that there's an entire hall just for automotive. Uh, autonomous drive everybody was showing off cars that had no steering wheels oh in 2020 you'll be buying these cars. And anyways in 2015 there was a hack that was on televised it was done by what we call ethical white hat hackers mm, yeah. these are researchers the guy's name was Charlie Miller and he hacked the Jeep and what he was able to do is remotely over his computer because the car had a cellular connection he was able to kill the engine uh, get the windshield wipers to go and pull the car off the road mm -hmm. that sent a shockwave through the industry mm -hmm. the following year in 2015 when I was at CES the tier ones and automotive companies came to see us at our booth and they didn't want to know anything about safety they wanted to know about our security story mm -hmm. and so my my impression is they take this extremely serious and one of the reasons you don't see traditional car companies advertise autonomous drive is nobody wants that liability yeah. no so Tesla are less worried about the liability mm -hmm. uh, because they're a smaller player. Mm -hmm. But Tesla doesn't have any better tech than Mercedes or Audi or GM. They're the, the, the traditional car makers are very, very concerned about security and liability, so they take it extremely seriously. I guess that speaks to, you know, Tesla as a smaller player, they can run faster and they can innovate and bring things to market Absolutely. faster. Now, what does that mean in terms of, you know, what it will translate to in yep. a, from a safety perspective mm -hmm. and what we will see, you know, happening on the road, but um, how can those larger companies adopt that mentality of a smaller company? Yeah, it's difficult. They're yeah. trying to do it. I mean, if you, one of the, one of the issues with traditional car companies is they tend to be siloed. Mm -hmm. The engine group is in a group, the, the meter group, you know, the cluster is in one group. Now that the car is changing from an architecture perspective, all these groups have to be one yeah. group because they're all going to have a software architecture for yeah. the entire vehicle. I, I think the really, and, and I think that's driven again by companies like Tesla, the car companies know now they have a different type of competition. Yeah. The reality with Tesla is there's a certain certain irresponsibility in what they've done but at the same time they've pushed the industry mm -hmm. right and the reality of it is they've also identified one of the biggest dangers with semi-autonomous cars mm. is keeping the driver engaged right mm. that that is probably the biggest challenge as you add safety features people get complacent mm -hmm. and this if you look at the accidents at Tesla that, that have happened somebody's reading a book or sleeping yeah. That's not supposed to be the intent of those systems. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's why, that's the reason I say I think Tesla was a little bit irresponsible because they call it autopilot. Mm -hmm. 
and it's really not it's safety systems yeah it sort of lowered it's, the mindfulness of the driver yes and that that is the biggest fear as you add automation and not just in the vehicle but automation in anything in life is you stop paying attention well i can help <laughs> yes, and, and, you know, and you know what, we are, speaking of what you do, we, we actually have, obviously we have a, a big machine learning group within BlackBerry, we bought a company called Silence, which is a security company that identifies threats all based on machine learning and AI. And so what we've actually done for CS this year is we've put that machine learning capability in the vehicle and we can tell if somebody's inebriated based on how their driving changes. Yeah. Really? How they the hit pattern. the brakes, the gas, steer. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So we're, we are, we work with lots of companies that do face recognition within the vehicle. Yeah. Are you paying attention? Are your eyes Text off? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are checking. Yeah. But thus all the issues that you, when we were talking earlier, about the biases of the people who are programming the systems, there's risk there. We need to really understand a lot more about the diversity of the people who will be sitting behind the wheel yep. so that we don't misinterpret those signals. Why do you think Google wants to get into cars? Mm -hmm. It's not because they want to produce low margin, high liability vehicles. They want data. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that is gonna be, If there's going to be a camera and sensors all over the looking at the driver in the car, they want all that. And the car makers know that for them to survive going forward, they're going to have to be able to monetize data. Mm -hmm. And so they will. That, that data, you will sign an agreement that says the data is... When you buy your car, you're going to sign a data yeah. agreement? Oh, yeah. I Absolutely, you will. That's the big thing coming. I think I'm going to try to get my car to last a long. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how... You talked about linking up with other companies and who are bringing in added value to what you're trying mm -hmm. to do. How often does that happen in the Canada North Technology Park? Well, I think, you know, BlackBerry QNX, um, it, we're sitting in an example of that right now. Elspark has most recently um, launched a corporate accelerator program with BlackBerry QNX, Solus, and a number of others. Um, and that's the, I think, further to the, that point of how do we get these large, uh, large, beasts of companies to uh, collaborate and work with those that are innovating faster and smarter and stronger really quickly um, so that we can see that integration between large you know corporate and and those small quick thinkers so I don't know John if you would like to speak to that yeah absolutely I mean the the, the we can't do everything yeah and and I work for a public company so yeah. anybody who's ever worked for a public company in a position of responsibility knows that the quarter is king, mm -hmm. uh, so there are things I have to do, yeah. and there are things we would like to do. Yeah. And so we think the accelerator, the Elspark accelerator, we already did one program, it was great. I think we're gonna have an even better one this time because yeah. we've learned a lot from the, from the first one. Uh, the way I like to position it with, with SMEs and small companies that have innovative products or innovative thoughts mm -hmm. is look at us as a channel. That's right. So, you know, we can pick up the phone and talk to the head of electronics of any car company in the world. I don't know that everybody can do that. I don't know that a small 10-person shop can do that. So we, we like to encourage those companies to work with us, to look at us as a channel, either for introduction or even a channel to help them promote and sell their products. Mm -hmm. So for us, I think it's invaluable to the point that within our own business, I've tasked our marketing folks with 
promoting us more within the ecosystem so that the ecosystem partners know we're here. Mm -hmm. So I, it's it, the what's going on here in Canada North has been great. Mm -hmm. What about you, Ashley? In your sector, mm -hmm. do you find kindred spirits around you in Canada North? Do you find help when you need it? How, what, what's the ecosystem like for you? Um, so digital health tech uh -huh. is new for Ottawa. Um, we've tried a few times to develop accelerator programs that are geared towards digital health, um, but they haven't been success successful at this point for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, we're a little bit um, of a misfit in Canada North at this point. Um, I think people are really intrigued by what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, Something tells me they like misfits. Yeah, <laughs> well they like them at Elspark, so yeah. <laughs> that works for us. Um, yeah, so Silicon Valley is um, kind of where I feel most at home right now. Uh, I went to Stanford, spending a lot of time there and kind of going back and forth between the Valley and Ottawa. Um, I Why think are you here? In Ottawa? Yeah. Um, this is where our company is at the moment. Uh, we would really love to stay a Canadian company. Um, so I go to the Valley to um, get inspiration mm -hmm. for the big thinking, uh, but we would love if we could remain a Canadian company, so uh, that's why we're in Ottawa still. In terms of technology and impact, what, you do, what do you see a few years down the road? Yeah, so uh, a few years down the road, um, we will move beyond concussion, certainly. Um, we're already piloting uh, our technology with dementia patients right now. Um, Which must be, in terms of the, demo the demographics, be, yeah, must be with, a very significant yeah, with our aging population, yeah. certainly. Um, but we um, we see ourselves as the brain OS. Mm -hmm. But what would you do? Uh, I mean, in the sense that you're monitoring in order to help recovery, mm -hmm. and you're keeping track of when people are exceeding what they should be doing with respect to their recovery. Mm -hmm. What would you do in terms of, of dementia? So um, it's my background's rehabilitation, so I've worked um, quite a bit with um, retirement homes and, and patients that have Alzheimer's or dementia. Um, and we know that things like exercise and cognitive training are good for these individuals, um, but often they just sit there. Um, during the exercise program, the bike's moving their feet and they're drifting. Mm -hmm. um, so what we're developing is, um, it's, it's called neurofeedback, really, and if they're not engaged in the activity, um, the music that they're listening to disappears, or the movie that they're watching disappears. And so um, we can shape their behavior to actually be engaged in tasks um, by how their brain's responding to the tasks. So the potential is limitless, really, with dementia. Um, and I think at the core of what we're doing is um, there are really pe smart people in these clinics and in these research labs that don't have an avenue to bring their technology out of the lab. And so um, part of our mission is to facilitate that. And um, through collaboration, but also through like a, a development platform to, to let these people start playing mm -hmm. uh, in the consumer market. Are Canadian technology companies procuring from Canadian companies and vice versa. So mm -hmm. what can we do uh, here in this ecosystem to support you 
uh, and what can our companies do you know, to support that procurement effort so that we can retain you here in Canada North and help you to get that product to market. But also, uh, you know, what are the, yeah, what are those needs? Yeah, what so we'd be doing better. <laughs> so, um, and I'll just add, I should have added the data at the top end, but um, Martello, Solace and UI, Martello procure, like they have 80% of their customers are outside of North America. Mm -hmm. Solace was 60 and UI was 50. So the question should be, is that a determining factor for for um, having your business here? And for you, it has not been. No, it's not at all. I mean, my, my so I'm very familiar with the Valley mm -hmm. because all the car makers, advanced research labs are in the Valley because mm -hmm. Germans like to go in the sun mm -hmm. and I enjoy. Understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, a lot of them are second guessing having done that. Yeah. Uh, working in the Valley is very competitive, mm -hmm. very high salaries, people jump around. Yeah. For me, Ottawa is a much better place for yeah. retention. Yeah. Uh, we don't get a lot of Americans coming to work here, but we get people from all over the world mm -hmm. yeah. coming here. So, uh, you know, having University of Ottawa, having Carleton, Algonquin, Cité Collégiale, uh, it's been awesome for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not limited by talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you draw them in from Waterloo and from Mass. Waterloo, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto yeah, yeah, too, yeah. But but also people coming from India, yes. and Pakistan, and Iran, mm -hmm. and China, and Korea that are coming here to do their master's programs. Yes. Yeah, certainly. And and so you know, I, I always talk about it, the diversity at our company is incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's not manufactured yeah it was well those were the best people yeah certainly I yeah. but I think what contrasts here is that at an early stage you need access to capital and mm -hmm. access to customers yeah. and so in order to kind of seed these companies here in Canada North we need to enable that access so that you can plant roots here but as mm -hmm. you scale what really becomes the most important factor is access to talent. That's right. And so if we can help you to procure those customers here from Canada North, and, and we have companies that have grown you know, into uh, global relationships and partnerships, mm -hmm. then you, know, you have what you, what you need to yeah, grow your I, I company with talent. I think you're absolutely right because the, the reality of the first QNX customer yeah. was, and you may or may not remember, but there was an icon computer used in the school boards in Ontario. Mm. That's and it was that was our first customer. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it does sometimes it is those customers that are in your own backyard are right. yeah. hospitals here or yeah. um, that are going to help you to lay the groundwork for your company and yeah. then, you know, draw in that investment. Um, but we do, you know, as you grow, help you grow yeah that talent access <laughs> yep. is what then do, becomes key do you work with companies like baxter and ge health and yeah so we're just coming to the end of our first development cycle really so mm -hmm. we're in a place now where we're looking for partnerships okay. for mm -hmm. distribution um our products ready march okay. 2020 um but i have to say the collaboration with the universities here has been fabulous yeah. um yeah. It's allowed a company of our size to develop the technology way faster yeah. than if I was hiring people without support mm -hmm. from the universities. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, we've got Dr. Rajan from Carleton University, who's like, you know, at the forefront of AI, yeah. um, and just ha is hungry for industry. So there is that hunger for university industry partnerships. So that's been that's been fabulous for yeah. us. The reason I go to California is. Um, is the big thinking of the investors. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. They can see five years down the road 
um, and are willing to take the risk on a company that's building something in that space. And it, I was going to say, last year we talked to one entrepreneur who was developing a web pharmacy, mm -hmm. and he had left Ottawa to move to the U.S. because it was easier to get into the healthcare system. Yeah. Is that the case for you? Yeah, Matthew? yeah, that's, that's certainly a component. The way the healthcare system is set up down there and um, the legal pressure on sports teams, actually, mm -hmm. is another reason that that will be our, our first target market, is to work with these sports teams. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the climate uh, makes the U.S. a good yeah. customer for us. The, the investment climate is definitely, I would say, not ideal in Canada. Yeah, uh, I've had many discussions that you know, when we uh, talk to government officials, one of their biggest challenges is that great IP gets developed in Canada and then gets sold yeah. to the right. U.S. Yeah, and so right. it's no longer Canadian IP. Yeah. I mean, to the point that the government's trying to figure out. How do we maintain IP in Canada? So mm -hmm. you might have seen we got a grant, QMX got a grant back in January from the Canadian government. And one of the stipulations in the contract is your IP will not leave Canada. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I really want to thank both of you. Mm -hmm. It's been a really interesting, lively discussion. So thank you very much, Ashley. Oh, my pleasure. Thank, thank you. Very you. Much my pleasure. It's been really Enjoyed interesting. It. Thank you, Jamie. I want to thank you all for tuning in on this episode of the Make the Future podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you learned as much as I did. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss the next episode. And we'd also like to really thank our guests and the podcast production team. Carl Borns, Valérie Sanson, Karen Massey, and Francis Bertrand Lafrenière. And I really hope you can join us next time.